0: (laughs) i'd like to i'd like to know the secret behind her eternal optimism because sis i would be mad depressed (laughs) Serious. (laughs) i would
1: be depressed i would be angry i would be like i don't even know about this succubus like i don't think that i can even do this because this is such a fraught situation (laughs) and lauren's like what's up let's go for drinks oh it's awkward cool let's go for drinks again
2: This is Alex
0: and this is M.
2: Welcome to the latest episode of The Good, The Bad, The Basic. This is the podcast for TV lovers, movie buffs, and binge watchers of all ages. On this podcast, we'll be discussing what we loved, what we hated, and what was just a bit problematic about the TV and movies that we're addicted to and do a bit of rewriting where necessary.
0: For much more exclusive content, become a show producer on Patreon and get access to after-the-episode outtakes, curated playlists, movie reviews, music video retrospectives, and so much more. Join us at patreon.com forward slash goodbadbasic.
2: On today's episode, we'll be discussing the first two seasons of the hit Canadian supernatural fantasy series, Lost Girl. This series follows the journey of self-discovery of a young bisexual succubus who was trying to find her place in the world while navigating her abilities. This award-winning series was a very ambitious and highly successful television venture, which went on to be a cult classic.
0: Being that Lost Girl is supernatural, queer, and has a mildly steampunk aesthetic, Alex and I knew that we didn't want to record these episodes without the input of our very special guests, our friends Sarah and SE of the Bitches on Comics podcast. Welcome. <laughs> woo woo. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> if you listeners are GBB patrons, you might already remember that we had Sarah and SE on our show for our Wonder Woman movie review. If not, please be prepared to be wowed at the wealth of information that these two possess on comics and queer media representation. And also, I didn't realize this at the time, but this episode is special for another reason. This is officially the 50th regular episode of The Good, The Bad, The Basic. (laughs) Yay! Happy
1: anniversary!
0: Thank you. Thank you. Our one-year anniversary is right around the corner. It's actually going to be later this week. So our 50th episode is actually right on time. <laughs> that. Lost Girl has
2: all the ingredients to be a great show, but Emma and I have discussed many shows which we thought had the juice, only to become short-lived disappointments. So what made Lost Girl so different and Stay tuned and thank you for joining us for our
0: 50th episode. Yeah! Yay! Yay! listeners so here are some critical details about lost girl lost girl is a supernatural drama fantasy created by michelle lavretta and it was released from september 12th 2010 until october 25th 2015 on canada's showcase network for five seasons and a total of 77 episodes the series stars anna silk as beau dennis our protagonist, who is a succubus, Chris Holden-Reed as Dyson, a wolf shapeshifter slash homicide detective, and also one of Bo's love interests. It stars Kenya Solo as Mackenzie Malakoff, aka Kenzie, Bo's partner, friend, and sidekick. Zwa Palmer, or I think it's pronounced Zoe Palmer, maybe, as Dr. Lauren Lewis, aka Karen Betty, who is a doctor, and a scientist for the light Fae, and also one of Bo's love interests. Rick Howland as Patrick McCorrigan, a.k.a. Trick, uh, the owner and bartender at Dalrita, the only Fae pub in town, who is later revealed to be Bo's maternal grandfather. Casey Collins as Hale Santiago, a siren, Dyson's colleague, and later Kenzie's friend and eventual fiancé, who later becomes the Ash. Clea Bennett as the original Ash in the series opener. Emmanuel Vaguier as Evany Florette Marquise, the Morrigan. She is the leader of the local Dark Fae. Paul Amos as Vex, a Mesmer, who's part of the Dark Fae, and a hitman for the Morrigan. Rachel Scarston as Tamsin, a Valkyrie, Dyson's partner after Hale becomes the Ash, and I believe another of Beau's love interests. <laughs> Inga Kadronel as Aife, or how is the name pronounced? Is it Aife? I believe? A.K.A. Saskia. She is a succubus, and um, she's the daughter of Trick and Isabel, and, as well as both birth mother. And Tim Rosin as Massimo, the druid. He is the son of the Morrigan who was raised by Vex. There are a lot of people in and out of the series, but these are the people that will play the most critical roles. So let's get into season one. T- 13 episodes. Let's talk about it.
1: Yay. <laughs> How did everybody uh, find the series? <laughs>
0: um my mom watched a lot of sci-fi it mm-hmm. also aired on the us on the sci-fi network and she's kind of obsessed with all things magical which is really weird because she's like super religious but mm-hmm. she's 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 obsessed with all things magical so like even if i didn't like them i was going to be exposed to things like lost girl and harry potter and lord of the rings whether i wanted it to be or not <laughs>
1: Got it. My grandma is I, like that. She totally was uh, somebody. Well, she was Wiccan, but she was into uh, sci-fi a lot. So she would watch, you know, Battlestar Galactica and stuff. So hey, we're gonna I talk have,
0: about BSG in a later in a later season.
1: Oh, nice. Okay, what's up? What's up? I wish my grandma were still around. She could be a guest. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, I remember I saw this show on Sci-Fi originally and became obsessed with it and then I realized it like this was I guess when like they started delaying not started but I guess they had always done it but I watched sci-fi and I loved it and then I realized it came on in Canada first so then I went (laughs) to like the dark corners of the internet to find all the current seasons and so I would track the seasons, and I wouldn't. I wouldn't wait for it to end up on Sci-Fi. I would just sort of like <laughs> go grab it off the internet. <laughs> I love it.
3: I probably started watching it in 2013 or 14. Uh, it's one of those shows I generally find out about TV shows from people saying you have to watch this. But this is mm-hmm. one that I discovered and then shoved onto everybody else because I was like, you must watch this super gay show I found that is everything I've wanted in a TV show. And they finally made it for me. So uh, that's how I feel about Lost Girl in general. And when I discovered it, there were – I think the three seasons had come out and then the fourth season got released on Netflix. So it must have been 2014, right when I got it. And then I didn't realize it was still coming out, found out it was coming out, was super happy, then found out it was like the last season. So I got to be very sad. There's a lot of roller coaster emotions when I discovered Lost Girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, um,
1: I just discovered it because you all asked me to be on this podcast <laughs> I had watched I think maybe about half of an episode um as Se knows I barely barely watch television um and I, I mean that still ends up with I watch a ton of television you know like exactly. even though I'm just like I don't want to watch that much there's still so so much that I'll end up watching it very regularly like I'm I'm here for the supernatural season so far like I've seen all of this stuff so um yeah I don't know I watch tv sometimes I don't love But this one I thought was really good and kind of surprisingly good, right? That was kind of my feeling was (laughs) uh, whenever I walked into it, I was like, yeah, sure. I mean, like, we we work for sci-fi, so we can only say (laughs) really positive things. Um, But also... You know, I mean, I think this show really earned it. Like, the queer rep is really good. I love all of the characterization. All of these characters are kind of archetypes, but they go in interesting ways with them. And, yeah, it kind of just uh, surprised me a lot.
0: Right, right. Um, I really feel like the Canadians really hit the ball out of the park with this one. (laughs) Uh, um, Thank you, Canada. (laughs) Thank you. You know, I was actually talking with Alex when we first had Ro- Lost Girl on the roster, and pretty recently, actually, earlier this week. And I'm like, looking back on the show, I cannot believe how far they pushed the envelope.
3: Right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, looking- absolutely. There's so much.
0: There's a lot going on here that's not
1: PG. It's a very sexy show um, in a, yeah, kind of surprising way where I was like, I mean, I've been watching, as you say, sci-fi for a really long time, you know, since it was a channel. And a lot of times sci-fi does like to push the envelope with some stuff. You know, I remember watching... You know, I think there's uh, whatever so so many shows where (laughs) some of them are, you know, Battlestar Galactica, where it's just not super sexy, or I mean, I guess, sexy in a different way. (laughs) But this one was, um, yeah, they totally have a bunch of sex on this show. and it's kind of great i was excited and it makes sense it's like the whole premise of the show is about right, a succubus right, right, so how right, can right, you right, get right. around it <laughs> and also i mean you know that was like the thing there's so so much about this show but you know the the most uh standout part for me is a hundred percent just that Bo has this uh great expression of her sexuality that just gets to build upon itself And it's not really tamped down by anything. Like, it's, you know, maybe don't kill people, but it's basically just her, you know, being responsible with sexuality, which is just, I mean, that's kind of mind-blowing to see on a television series because you're so used to seeing, you know, different messages.
0: Right, right. I really, I was afraid On the rewatch, that I would find things that were sex negative about the series, Mm -hmm. especially considering that our protagonist is a young woman and she is bisexual and she literally needs sexual energy to live. Um, I didn't want it to be that way, but many shows in the past that we have seen that we have covered are very sex negative. Mm -hmm. And when you talk about the beau character in particular, she, um, she incapacitated and you know, damn near killed her first love interest, right? The human um, before oh, she, she knew. Him. Yeah,
3: she, yeah, she did kill
0: him. <laughs> he's um, real dead. Yeah, he's, he's very dead. <laughs> um, but she she did that, you know, um, obviously not, not intentionally. She didn't right. know her power at the time. But a lot of other series would have taken that starting point and then made our heroine some long-suffering martyr yeah. who just, like, mm-hmm. finds a way around sex and never indulges in sex again because she's doing, like, an eternal penance for right. this thing. Mm-hmm. Totally. <laughs> and it she was like, like no, nah, is- I, just, I just don't want to fuck with humans anymore if that's going to be the case, but I'm still <laughs> me. <laughs> <laughs> that's such a good description of both. <laughs> and, you yeah, know, yeah. like,
2: I really love... I actually really love the choice for her to, like, kill the guy initially. And part of the reason why I really like it is because it sets up this idea that, like, um, responsibility is, like, key. Or, like, you have to be responsible. There is, like, in, right? Like, she, like, sex is great and it's important, but, like, there is a responsibility to it. Mm
0: -hmm. And, like,
2: that's always in the back of your mind and it should always be in like the, not even the back, it's the forefront, right? especially right. in like this first season. Um, but like, it, but that should always be you going into it. You should always like want to be responsible. I, so that's interesting. And I really liked that, that it could balance that idea of I'm going to do whatever, but like also I'm going to be responsible. And um, I, I, have to know my limits and there are limits and and um and all that stuff that I feel like there's never any middle ground right it's, like in a representation of television it's always it or the messaging we get it's all either oh everything goes everything we do everything everything is like whatever or you know you must die if you, like, have an orgasm. Like, there's never, like, that. We're never riding that middle ground. And Lost Girl does. It It rides the middle ground, which is really great. Well,
3: and I think what's significant about that, additionally, is the way that it thwarts tropes around the sexuality of women and tropes around the sexuality of bisexual people, right? Like, the, the insatiable bisexual is a stereotype, and it's one that this show says, okay, let's make that as literal as possible. <laughs> let's make yes. her literally insatiable and make her incredibly moral, make her incredibly compassionate, make her have moral dilemmas around that, that hunger, around, you know, as the series goes on, around where that hunger comes from. All these different pieces that I think, to me, it's like. To me, one of the reasons this is a TV show that I, I would put in my favorites is because it's work, right? It's, you really can't watch one season and get the real thrust of what it's doing. It really does advance and change over five seasons, which is why I'm like, yes, so good. I love Dark Bow. I love all of this. It's like so fascinating. But the idea that that insatiable hunger can actually be your superpower – I've written articles about how to me like that is her superpower is her bisexuality is it's such a, a source of literal strength, figurative strength. She knows who she is. She's not ashamed of that person. Like her friends love her. There's like early on a joke between her and Kenzie where Kenzie's like, Hey, I don't swing that way. And Bo's like, I don't care. <laughs> like I'm Bo. I think I'm doing all right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like, right. And I yeah. just think it's really, it's so nice to see someone's sexuality allowed to be, Complex, and I think that's what I I heard in what both you um, both of what you were saying, Em and, and Lex, and I think that to me that's that's what makes the best queer stories is ones where not. Where sexuality isn't either stripped away or weaponized, but allowed to be, like, complex and difficult. And, you know, as a queer person, I've done things that are bad for myself in sexual situations. I've probably done things that are bad for other people in sexual situations. That's, you know, part of being alive. And I think this series takes that seriously, sets it in a ridiculous framework of this, you know, light light fate, dark fate, which I love. And then just sort of is like, yeah, here's a person. She's going to make some great decisions. She's going to make some really bad ones. Buckle up. And I'm like, okay, I accept the invitation to this shit show.
1: Thank you.
0: (laughs) Essie, please be sure to link me those articles so I can um, share them with our listeners when this episode goes live. I would really like to add that as supplementary material for the kids. Get them educated. (laughs) Will do, Um, will do. Um, but no, I piggybacking off what you said, I also really like the way that this show represents the Light Fae and the Dark Fae. Mm-hmm. There are people who are part of the Dark fay who are who are moral or trying to be. And there are people in the Light fay who are very, like, duplicitous and sketch, mm-hmm. right? Um, when we meet Lauren, she's a literal hostage of the Light Fae, is she not? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like 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 she's kinda their slave, low key, but like they're supposed to be the good ones. And I think, um, you know, when we say the show is never has Bo leaning on either extreme, I think that's most most um most represented in both her sexuality and not wanting to choose gay or straight and wanting both, as well as her stance to be neutral and not join mm-hmm. the light or the dark fae. Absolutely. Um, Because morality is something that can exist outside of the binary. A hundred percent, yeah. That's one of the most important messages of
1: the show, right, just in general, is, is that there's a lot of shades of gray to everything. You know, you have such, you know, polarizing, like, light, dark, you know, like you have, you know, the good, the evil, you know, and like all of that. But, I mean, so much of the message of the show is just, you know, good people do evil things and evil people do good things. And, you know, Bo trying to navigate all of that, I think, is just so cool. Um, I love Lauren, too. I just have to get that out of the Uh, way. What's not to love? What's not to love? I love Lauren. And she's in such a bad situation. As you said, she's essentially enslaved to people, and she still is just kind of navigating that and working through it, and doesn't really seem to get it like, let it get her down too much. Like, she still has a job she has to do and her job is the most important thing and i always love job focused characters so i mm-hmm. love a lot
0: of characters on this show <laughs> because every she might like- be the happiest indentured servant ever
1: <laughs> <laughs> and she's still like working her game on the side and getting you know new girlfriend interests and everything and you're just like wow lauren
0: you really are an inspiration
3: multitasking <laughs> just like mm, well done
0: I'd like to I'd like to know the secret behind her eternal optimism because sis I would be mad depressed (laughs) (laughs) I would
1: be depressed I would be angry I would be like I don't even know about this succubus like I don't think that I can even do this because this is such a fraught situation (laughs) and Lauren's like What's up? Let's go for drinks. Oh, it's awkward. Cool. Let's go for drinks again. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what the thing funny. about Lauren
0: is? Her interest in Bo might be a manifestation of her slavery. Cuz oh, I no. feel like if she wasn't enslaved, the idea of being with someone who's um sexual Prowess could literally kill her, might not be so appealing.
1: Right, right. So she's like she, it's the like this self-destructive
3: thing. That's the point. It's like Bo, but, Yeah, sorry. Bo just like turns everybody on, right? Like that's why she's so damn dangerous because everybody's like, oh hot damn. <laughs> I see you. I want you. That's so I'm like, I don't know if Lauren could. She's just a human, y'all. She might not
0: be able to. <laughs> That's true. That's true. She's a mere mortal, um, <laughs> but like in the back
2: half of the series, which we'll get to, I guess, when she like is like, you know what? I'm gonna when she tells the light fade to go fuck off. I was really proud of her. I was like, you, you, you good for you,
0: yeah. Lauren. Yes, you girl. do that. That's- she was a hero for us all. <laughs> um, no, but uh, I'm backing to back going back to season one before we get too involved in any of these characters. We meet our lead bow and Kenzie, whom she saves from a date rapist, as well as the love interest Dyson and Lauren in this first season. We get most of the backstory on Bo, how she learned that she was a succubus, that she's fae, um, and um, also when she learned that she was adopted. Bo's <laughs> um, uh, adoption actually plays a major role throughout the series, with her trying to find out who her parents are And basically get more backstory on not just her biology and how the nature of being a succubus works, but on her family history. Um, Because she thought she had a family. Um, Well, she did have a family, an adopted family, but she thought these people's history was in her bloodline and it's not. And so it's kind of like... um, it's being disillusioned, right? Um, and it's kind of like being left out in the cold. She wants to know who her family is and she is sure that finding her family will give her more insight on why she is the way that she is and what it is to be a succubus. Um, we actually do um, meet... Uh, her mother this season but she does she's not revealed to be Bo's mother until much much later mm-hmm. same with the man who is Bo's maternal grandfather we don't find that out until much much later either but what she does learn the big um, the big sticking point of this particular season is that her mom is alive and um Bo and Trick lie to her about um her mother and that becomes a thing that puts a wedge in her relationship with um with Dyson. Um, excuse me. Dyson and Trick lied to her about this. And this puts a wedge between the relationship of Bo and Dyson, which is a very steamy relationship
2: mm-hmm. that mm-hmm.
0: remains unconsummated for a very long time, which only makes it hotter. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Does, don't they Don't they have like sex by the like the fifth episode?
0: They did but like they weren't like emotionally close so like the Oh, they, that was that okay, was yeah. like the perfunctory fuck that was like just to like yeah. gas
3: her up right she was wounded oh, right.
2: they don't they have a lot of emotional drama between themselves until like um like the the penultimate uh, episode that's true yeah totally
0: yes. <laughs> basically like, they fuck but like by the time we want them to be fucking, like the the writers are teasing us.
3: Yeah, they're like, no, 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 no,
0: no, no, no kids. Um, but it's actually really, really cool that they do it this way because um, it kind of, for me it helps further explore Bo's bisexuality. And what I mean by that is, oftentimes on TV when we have bisexual women, <laughs> she's got to have it. <laughs> um, they are they are more hetero leaning. And and their their attraction to women is something that is very infrequent, very um, occasional, dare I say optional <laughs> right, it's right. Not, they're not equally invested in their women partners as they are in their male partners. Um, and with Bo, we see that she actually is. Um, and it's really interesting to watch the hetero love interest, Dyson, get put on the back burner for reasons that we'll get into later.
1: Yeah, I think so too. I mean, it is, it's is—it's interesting that she approaches both with equal interest, right? And that all of her, I mean, you know, there's a lot of one night stands in this also, of course, but she's really able to keep her attention for both of them, like both Lauren and Dyson. And I think that that's uh, more true to life <laughs> than a lot of the portrayals that I've seen
2: yeah, Lauren and Dyson and Beau, uh, even just con- like within the narrative, will be the sort of, you know, big love triangle of the series, right? Um, which is cool. Which is cool.
3: It's like a very different kind of love triangle, though. You know, when you have a so often the love triangles that that we see are when it comes to a bisexual character is like one straight character, one queer character. This is that that construction. And it's like, that's who you love and that's it. Like you can you can be attracted to these people. But because to some degree Bo is Polly, partially because that's a requirement of her powers, as she has to feed off of a lot of different people, they It it changes how the dynamics of the the triangle work, right? Like there are times where Lauren and Bo are really I'm sorry, Lauren and Dyson are really at each other's throats, but for the most part, like it becomes like kind of a joke, right? Like they're like, Hey, how's our girlfriend? You know, in like season four (laughs) and stuff. And like they're they're nudging each other and like laughing, and they're like, We will both die for you right now. (laughs) You know, it's like, oh God, I I can't help but love that. Like that's a really different
1: kind of triangle than we're used to seeing. It's so right. much better, I think, than what I mean. Because in the first season, that's the worst part: is how Dyson is kind of an ass the whole time yeah. to Lauren. That's the worst part. I hate that part. It annoys me. I don't like it. It makes me not like Dyson that much. But then this it's is like you why see, I was
0: here for him being neutered.
1: <laughs> you're like, you
0: know what, Reed? Actually,
1: you've been a jerk to Lauren, and <laughs> you deserve it. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I think that I like Dyson. You know, in the beginning, and then I like him a lot more going forward, but then there's parts in the first season and a little bit in the second season where he goes to uh, Angel, <laughs> he's brooding <laughs> too much, kind of, mm. um, he's just like, oh, it's so sad, the love of my life, gone forever, uh, right Don't in front of like me, God this, forever. Don't
2: be like hot cousin.
1: I know. I'm just like, let him just be the hot cousin. <laughs> yeah,
3: it's like, um, Chris Holden-Reed, you are too pretty. You look too nice in your little vests to like, vest. be a broody bad boy. You are not that. You are not that. You are a sweet, servile man, and that is who you should be.
0: Yeah, it gets <laughs> <just better>. <laughs> low-key iconic.
3: I
1: know. I was just, I'm, who does that vest work for? No one, this guy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. I think that, you know, the vest was part of (laughs) why it (laughs) worked. I like his character. I do. Um, But yeah, I would say if I was going to choose my least favorite interactions of the show, it's totally whenever Lauren and Dyson are fighting with each other because he has so much more power in that scenario that it's just like, this is uncomfortable. You should stop being a jerk, but you get it. But then you're just like afterwards, it gets just so, so much better. I like the fact that it builds on it and makes it a lot better.
0: Agreed. You no, know, piggybacking off what you both said, I also feel like this polyamorous dynamic is actually um, really well handled by the writers because of the power dynamic. Um, Dyson is a man, right? He's heterosexual and he's um, he's supernatural. He's a shapeshifter. He has um, a lot of privileges and powers over someone like lauren so when we go into you know the end of season one beginning of season two where he's lost all passion for Bo and he's basically taken down a peg it actually gives lauren and Bo's relationship a fighting chance
3: yep Absolutely. I think that's, I think it's so important. I think too, you know, as a, as a bi person watching this, I like held my breath for the first season. I was like, oh my God, are they going to let her be bi only to put her in a straight relationship and like keep her locked there? And, you know, and then she has the threesome, which is like very cute. And she has like all these different things that are like, okay, it complicates it. But really it took Dyson had to lose his wolf, you know, the wolf had to be gone. He had or not the wolf, his love for for Beau, instead of the wolf, had to be gone. And For her to move on, she was never going to. And I and you know what? I felt that. Like, when I watched it, I was like, I really get why Bo loves him so much. And I can get why she has such a hard time letting go. She's this person who's been abandoned her entire life. She was adopted and didn't know it. She happens to murder people when she feeds off of them and has sex with them. Except for Dyson. She hasn't murdered him yet. I get why she chooses him at first. And I get why. And I love that the show is like, Nah, girl, you can't. You can't have him. He's not right for you. You need to move on.
0: Right. Or he's right he's right-free, but he's not the only one who's right-free. Ooh, you.
3: even mm-hmm. better said.
0: Yeah. And I think I I and then with Lauren too, Lauren is put in a very precarious situation. <laughs> um for many reasons. <laughs> many reasons. But yeah. I'll just be
3: the only human around these <laughs> gods. This should be fine. <laughs> the
1: other human hates me. Um <laughs> <laughs> and constantly threatens my life because I did one betrayal of her friends. Oh right. oh right Kenzie fucking hates Lauren I forgot that for a really long time yeah um, and I mean for at least as long as Dyson <laughs> so, so she basically like everybody just gives Lauren shit for like the entire time <laughs> like the first two seasons basically yeah, exactly. every time she shows up she's like I'm here to help I'd love to help also if I can make out with this dreamy babe I'll do that as well thanks I <laughs> I'll leave if not, whatever. I have a jacket. I can go. Um, but <laughs> but the whole time, everybody like just uh, meets her with just such a wall of aggression because <laughs> she's always walking into something that's way more intense than she is in that moment, you know. Um, so we find out, of course, you know, she has all of her hidden secrets as well, and you know, has a lot more under you know under the radar than what we initially presumed, but. Also, yeah, she's she's also kind of the one who's in the weirdest position in this. <laughs>
0: I just love how Lauren is really ready to risk it all. I she stand, is. I stand I, the courage. Serious. Yeah. She's like, she's kind of dream
1: kind of a dreamboat. Um, because the whole time she's just really laying it on the line, pretty much. Like that's what she shows up to do. And you know, Dyson gets his heroic moments, but he's also, as everybody has pointed out, supernatural. So he has powers and stuff. Whereas Lauren Lauren's hanging by a thread this whole time.
3: (laughs) And she's so anxious, right? Like she's such an anxious person. I don't know if she would be an anxious person if she weren't, you know, again, a prisoner. (laughs) Uh, But but she seems to be very anxious, which I I really love. And I think she's just so well acted. I think Zoe Palmer is an exceptional actor. I don't know if you all saw Dark Matter. She played an android in it and it was so good she was incredible in that series and then she also guest starred in Wynona Earp in an episode and was again just like unbelievably perfect she's just such a good actor yeah. and I don't I think Lauren could be annoying and because of Zoe Palmer I think she manages to like pull back from that edge you know just yeah. like I'm gonna be almost annoying but I'm gonna be so damn endearing you're just gonna
0: be like fine you're anxious <laughs> I love you yeah, I we mean, will be covering she's... Winona Earp next season. Really? Well, not next oh. season. No, two seasons from now. <laughs> oh, <that's> exciting.
1: <laughs> Love it. Yeah. I- Lauren is a great character, and it is totally um, just great, I guess, to watch the actor be able to pull off these moments where nothing is happening. She's not doing anything, and she's also still really compelling to watch because she has these deadpan moments of not responding to people. People will walk up to her and just start threatening her pretty regularly on this show. <laughs> and the she's, she's just looking at them, and but you can still see all of this stuff going on, right? And so that is always one of the best actors is the ones who can make you want to watch them even when they're doing nothing in a dynamic talking scene. Everybody else has a, something to say and is kind of throwing it, their their whole story on the line. And Lauren just kind of responds by, like, looking at them. <laughs> and, yeah, I think that she's great. She's really good. So,
0: Speaking of really good Oh, go ahead.
2: Oh, I was just going to ask. So, like, in season one, were there any, like, particular episodes or, like, moments from episodes or, like, storylines that, like, really hit you or, like, made you think or, like, ooh, that's interesting because ABC?
1: I'm looking up the name of mine <laughs> real fast.
2: And you don't have to, like, know the name or anything, but you can be like, oh, that one where, like, this happened.
3: I, actually- I like really love Vex. Like, I, I am a sucker for a character who is introduced as a villain, who then over this, like, you know, Vex goes from being this person we just cannot stand, completely hate, is just like you know male privilege dripping off of him and then you like learn his story and slowly but surely you're like oh my god this character is a not straight i thought he was like b but why would i think he was look at that fashion and you know you go through like the list he's like clearly not you know entirely masculine or male he he has all these different layers to him and so i love vexed because i love like the way he shows up and he's like i'm an asshole <laughs> and you're like i hate you and then by the end of the series I'm like I ship Vex and Mark so hard
0: <laughs> um, um, Do you have any specific favorite moments Within season one
2: uh, Or do just, you just like his episode
0: Yeah, that's the one I was. was Uh, was Oh, that one. Oh, okay, okay. I mean, he. (laughs) he, he, No, no, no. That's fine. I mean, he is a really interesting character. I think the reason why I'm a little bit jaded with characters like Vex that kind of get this rebrand. Um, is because we spent so much time covering characters like this, and we did when we covered TVD and the originals.
3: Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, t- like, and those those are like really extreme examples,
0: right? <laughs> like oh so my extreme. God. <laughs> and you know, in in Vex's defense, he is um he does kind of do the work um yeah. and on tvd they just kind of like he's good now love him now he with no accountability his, he <laughs> turned his
3: feelings back on he turned his humanity back on <laughs> now he's a good guy you're like what the fuck
0: right because it's like a light switch you could turn it on and off <laughs> um but yeah, it's uh it's it's really interesting the complexity that, that they give characters in Lost Girl, not just Bo and her love interests in this triangle, but characters like Kenzie for example. So Kenzie is my personal favorite character on Lost Girl.
2: Same. I think she's
0: adorable, Heart-same. I think she's sweet, I think she is highly intelligent without being too in your face about it. I think people underestimate her, which actually gives her another advantage. Um I think, and she's one of those characters, those types of, that reminds me of those people who always seem to be lucky. Like they're always like scraped by the skin of their teeth. Um, There's there's always someone to help them and they're always down to help somebody. Kenzie has a very strong sense of loyalty. There's so many things about this character that I admire deeply. But I think the thing that I admire the most is that she becomes indispensable to Bo, even though she's a human. Even though she, they have no romantic sexual interest, she becomes indispensable. And I think this is another thing that is needed when you have a character like Bo to show that all her relationships don't have to be sexual or romantic. Um, she, I think Kenzie brings out the very best in her.
3: I completely agree. I think that Kenzie... I love when they're like... Oh, Kenzie's your heart. And they make it literal later. I love that. But it's true. Like Kenzie is the reason Bo actually stops being such a loner. Kenzie is the reason that Bo heals. Like someone just accepts her and is like, I love you. You're great. What's not to love about you? And you get the feeling no one's ever said that to Bo. Right. Like no one's ever been like, you are the coolest person I've ever met. And Kenzie says that again and again and again. And there's nothing like a friend who's like, you're really cool. And I look up to you. And it's like, oh, my God, you're really cool. And I look up to you. And that is how I feel about Kenzie and Bo. They both just see each other like, you know, you just can tell that they're like in, you know, la 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 when they look at each other because they just think they're each other's the best. And what's not to like about that?
0: Right. And they kind of give off I'm probably because of the way that they um they they the the hair and eye color. They look like big sister and little sister and it's adorable.
3: Adorable.
2: Yeah, I love Kenzie. She's so great. Um she's also like my fave if, if I had to pick a favorite person off the show. Like she's definitely uh up there. Uh, particularly in season 1, she's um she she has a lot of great like lines and wisecracks and um, but she's also like really tough and really at least uh, here like very uh, she has like those qualities of a person that you know are indispensable like you know she knows how to read people really well she knows how to navigate the world in a way that like Beau doesn't quite nev- like is still sort of awkward about and. Um, she's great. Kenzie also has, like, my chief concern, which was, like, why do we live in a meth house when you could just, like, sex, like, dream everybody into, like, a penthouse? Like, why do we have to live this way? And I respect that. I have a deep respect for that. Um uh but yeah kenzie, kenzie was trying
0: to get those sugar baby coins listen
2: i, like, I respect it i respect <laughs> so much of it like and i feel that because that's why i would have asked that question too i've been like listen i feel like we could get an upgrade i'm just saying um <laughs>
3: uh,
2: but I also yeah she's love,
3: great. I, I love i love kenzie and i love how the whole season is set up like a like a private eye show. And so, you know, you get your monster of the week slash case of the week. And that's like super fun. Cause it really exposes you quickly to all of the Fae. And the thing that Kenzie gives us that we wouldn't, well, we would a little bit with Bo have, but is like a real sense of danger. Right. Cause she almost dies from drinking or eating some soup. Right. Like this is a very like, very weak person you're taking on all of your supernatural cases but she also gives us like a wait what like why would that work that way what is this thing and that's kind of a it's it's such a necessary lens when you're introducing us to an entirely new world so I think like in particularly in season one they're like you know a cab but like their 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 buddy cop feel is like pretty cute and i i just really think it 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 lends it so well itself so well to kenzie who is inquisitive hilarious knows who she is like the best so
1: the i think episode, season 1's dope yeah the episode really after food for thought where It's the spider, the evil spider. That's my very favorite episode. I thought that that was the best one because it has them trying to kill each other the whole time. And then they kind of have to not (laughs) do that. So that was my favorite of season one.
2: Uh What about you, Alex? (laughs) Oh, season one. I think there are a lot of things in season one that stand out. Um, Season one is a cool season. But I think in particular for me... Dead Lucky was is really great. I liked Dead Lucky. Um which is where uh, the guy like siphons people's luck and it's kind of and it's the first time we see Bo go like to hang out with somebody like on the dark side of the fae and and she's trying to find her mom and I I love that whole episode. It's great.
0: Um, I think my favorite, because hashtag sad girl, um, is the series Closer, (laughs) Bloodlines. It's so good. It's so good. Um, But this is where we kind of, we see the shift, um, unfortunately, with things between Bo, Dyson, and Lauren in a major way that will color all of season two. So Bloodlines is really like the perfect setup um, for, that, for that next season. I love Bloodlines. And probably um, Arachnophobia is really cute and fun. Episode 7, Arachnophobia is really, really fun. Uh, as well as Fatal Attraction. I love that episode. Right. <laughs> episode 4. Fatal Attraction is probably, I would say, the episode that's most representative of the entire season. And, you know, the one-off private eye type of feel.
3: That's mm-hmm. the one with the giant explosion, right? Where like
0: mm, yes. the
3: heads come flying out. Yeah, I also really loved that episode. You know, I, I the only thing I find problematic about Lost Girl is is um well, there's there's one episode that we'll talk about when we do the back half, but you know, is is basically what happens in O Kappa My Kappa. It's just to take other cultures myths and boil them down to monsters is problematic right like the cap is a real thing that exists in japan or you know a real um, myth that exists in japan so i think sometimes it can be a bit like uh white people saying everything is mine <laughs> i can write about everything that is no, I would say exactly yeah. you can't <laughs>
2: like you yeah all heard. the race stuff on better. lost girl is bad like oh, real bad all of real it bad. Um, even to the inclusion of like the way that they'll treat Lauren's girlfriend. Um, oh oh
3: my God, that's so terrible.
2: And, uh, (laughs) and it's just sort of like, I don't know. It's like, it's just what I expect from white writers.
0: (laughs) I I don't really
2: get like anything about it anymore. And it's also, so something that we talked about or that Emma and I talked about was that, um, the same person who did lost girls, the same person that did instant star, so like I knew going into this that all the race stuff would be bad. Like I just I didn't have any sort of like expectation.
0: The the race stuff is actually still, regardless, worse on Instant Star. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, um, hashtag waste my time. Justice for Shay. Um, uh, justice for her bestie too. Um, do too, I guess. Yeah. But, um, yeah. But um, it's uh, it's interesting because once once Alex said that, I was like, oh, so that's why Zoe Palmer and Tim Rosen are on this show. <laughs> These old instant star alums are on this show because um Zoe Palmer played Patsy on Instant Patsy. Star. Oh, right. Um but um, it's and she had she had a lot of problems and she was really, really, really dark place. Sure. Um, so seeing her play a character like th- this or rather, I watched Lost Girl first, actually. So but then seeing her on Instant Star, I'm like, wow, she's like a really great actress because I was also <laughs> annoyed by Lauren a lot. But then seeing the contrast in these characters, I'm like, oh, wow, she's really putting in work. Go Canada. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, uh, I, so I had a, a, a much higher level of respect for Zoe Palmer in contrasting just these two shows. Um, I really, really love um, uh, Senia, um Oh, gosh, what's her last name? Solo. Uh, uh, what is it? Oh, uh, yeah, Senia Solo, who plays um, Kenzie. But I think my favorite actor on the show is actually Anna Silk, who mm-hmm. plays Bo. Bo has to carry all the emotions possible in the spectrum and because of the nature of what she is and then the nature of her personality and then um the role that she's been put in as kind of a caretaker for Kenzie um and the way she has to navigate both a human and a fey love interest she has to navigate them all with a certain level of um I don't want to say coldness But like she cannot react to things in the way that other people have the luxury to react to them, Mm -hmm. essentially. Um, And seeing a person who's constantly struggling with her darker nature and um, certain things that are happening to them in the way that Bo has to was really, really interesting to see. I hadn't seen Anna Silk in anything prior to that, but I was consistently impressed with the Bo character. And I think definitely that was equal parts writing and acting.
3: I totally agree. I think that Bo is, could, could again, so easily be, could feel like a Mary Sue, could feel like someone who just, you know, is like, able to manipulate. Like Yeah, we've seen people with her abilities, right? Like she can suggest things to people and they'll do it. And we've seen people abuse those abilities and really hurt other people. So I think, again, like you were saying, because of her personality, but also because of her moral imperative around being abandoned, around rejecting binaries, because of that, she becomes a much more interesting character. She could be, you know, too much. And instead she's just delightful. And even when she does things that you're like, don't do that no don't date that guy that guy is so bad do not go near him you're like mm, but i get why you did because he's very attractive you know like fair yeah, enough
0: sis. <laughs> we get it
2: <laughs> we <laughs> definitely Listen, we just, get it if you're just feeling it you're just feeling it so <laughs> season one ends like uh, M said with this huge sort of um with these big sort of tenants and that uh Dyson loses his love uh, for Bo in order to – he trades his love, like, for her in order – so that she can have, like, more, like, powers to, like, defeat her mom or something. Yeah, not something. That's what happens. um, To defeat her mom because her mom's trying to, like, do something crazy. And – Uh, That happens. She learns that Trick is her grandfather, which she takes really well. Like, I would have been a bit more upset. She is very, like, chill about it. Um, And that's where we sort of are in ending season one. So is season one good, bad, or basic?
1: uh who wants to speak first (laughs) oh um well i was just gonna say that i think it's really good i like most things about it even the basic parts are still kind (laughs) of good in the end and i don't think it's bad at any point really so
3: yeah i gotta go with good i agree i think it's a
0: solid good um i also think it's very good and i like a little bit of basic sprinkled in (laughs) yeah the basic words for me
2: <laughs> I will also say it's good there's some there's definitely some there's definitely some clunkiness getting to that 13th episode um that won't really go away uh through the run of the series in terms of like how we get there narratively but um I also think it's good uh it's it's interesting it's like this is definitely there's lost girl in so many ways is um the, like, grandchild of Buffy in a lot of ways. Um, And that was another thing that I remember thinking about when I first started watching it. Somebody was like, it's, like, Buffy's granddaughter. And, like, that's very true. Um, You know, Bo makes all the, like, sort of, like, Buffy quips when she's fighting, you know, whoever she's fighting. And um, uh, it follows that sort of, uh, that first, it also follows that same Buffy, like, first episodic, Narrative with each episode, and you know we have the big bads that are sort of introduced throughout the series seasons of like what's happening, and it's delight. But the but we have like this whole new world, and like we have this these new rules, and it's excellent. I really I do like it. It's it's a solid good because uh, all that stuff is really hard to do, and yeah. Uh, so. It is really
0: reminiscent of Buffy, except it doesn't have like the creepy nice guy bestie I or Sweden. I was Joss just going to say
1: that. I was just going to say it's everything about Buffy, but there's no Xander. Like the and most it's Xander, sex positive.
3: <laughs> yeah, the
1: most Xander like character in this show is pretty likable actually and not did did sc say also
0: it's sex positive is that what you said yes because then they punish buffy for having sex oh my god (laughs) God. they punish
1: everybody for having sex on that show sorry to like yell i just got really (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: really emotional
3: We were, we're just re-watching tough. it, and it was, like, right after she and Riley broke up, and they were like, wow, lot of wrecks on the Buffy relationship highway. Oh. Xander's fucking ass said that, of course. And I was like, I'm going to set everything on fire. She's yeah. a sophomore in college, and she's had three relationships. I don't understand what you're even talking
1: about. Xander's somebody who, if, like, if I were in a room and somebody just kept saying Xander things, I would just start knocking things off of the table just to be like <laughs> – you're going to have to stop. Like you have to stop talking. I'm going to look at this. You're driving me to chaos. Like <laughs> I can't be held responsible. Like I'm going to start throwing a glass at your head. Um, just like everything he says is just makes me, my temperature
2: goes up. <laughs>
1: like My I heart rate goes
2: up. I'm just like, going to say that now I, you're driving me to chaos. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah. claim it <laughs> to the point of just being like oh my god especially like can you imagine if somebody said that to buffy like right in front of you like buffy is kind of an asshole at times but like if somebody was talking to your friend and they were just like like everybody just acts like what xander says is normal not to make this be like that how much i hate xander podcast
2: but
0: yeah well, that's our, that's it, can be, it, it, it can, can be that it can be that but,
2: you yeah know, I mean you know, that's so me that's so real because like and he's always just bringing up old shit is always bringing up old shit that nobody cares that about hurts. some shit that I would never bring up some shit that's actually like really fucking painful like yeah. and yeah. he just does it like if I had a boyfriend that I really loved, and then, like, when we had sex, he turned evil and, like, killed all my friends and family, like, have the good decency to never bring that shit up ever again. Like, you know what I yeah, mean? Like, real. In your face. Especially after you send him to hell yeah. and take yeah. care of the situation.
1: <laughs> Yeah, you did all of your parts. But Xander's like, yeah, but you still didn't have sex with me. So uh, he's Here's such the thing an answer.
0: Mm. He's 50% of the reason why I don't fuck with passive aggressive people. Because like every time Xander speaks, I'm like, dude, do you want to fight? Let's just fight and get it over with. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah.
3: I would watch you fight Xander. I have no faith that Xander could beat anyone.
0: Yeah.
2: Oh no, just so upsetting. No. Upset? Yeah, it's true. He's so upsetting. If like when
3: you talk
1: to Bo like Xander talks to Buffy, the characters on this show would call them out. Kenzie
3: would stab him with a sword. Yeah. Kenzie would. would like would not even him. like pause, you know? And it'd be would like, Oh,
1: see it. I
3: would everyone's to- like we'll cover this up this is no problem no I mean you did the right thing Kenzie we'll deal with the body so seriously <laughs> that's it
1: that's why it's it's maybe the successor to Buffy in some ways but it also improves
0: on it in some ways oh, yes. absolutely oh, it improves on it dramatically dramatically, yeah. dramatically. there's a so lot we- of it so we all agree that season one was very good. Even though they were still, you know, the show was, was trying to find its voice. It actually did a fantastic first season. In the second season, I guess the network agreed because they gave them nine extra episodes. Season two is 22 episodes long. We're picking up where we left off. Now, Dyson didn't lose his love for Bo. He still loves her. He just has absolutely no passion for her, aka Neuter Dyson. That's what I'm calling him. <laughs> Neuter Dyson and Lauren are still very much in the picture. They're still very... Very much in love with her and lauren and beau's relationship was sort of picking up more steam by the end of that first season so um you have she has this neutered boyfriend so he's kind of like the asexual in the polyamorous relationship now
2: he i think he just well, he eventually <coughs> just moves on right He there's like yeah a, i mean because he's a, not he's not entirely he's, shut off he's
3: only
0: shut he's off for just, it, to he, her. her yeah exactly, so he's exactly like i would still like to uh, enjoy sex, madam. I'll be seeing you.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was like, there's some girlfriends, some from the old country. Um, oh my
0: God, that's right.
2: <laughs> that comes back and he's like, yeah, I really loved you. We should do that again. Like,
0: and they do. It's weird because when white people yeah. use the term the old country, I always assume they mean Russia, Poland or Croatia. <laughs> and then I, I feel very deceived when it's neither of those. <laughs> <laughs> Um,
2: just one of the, he, it's Nordic cause he's a Viking. It's some sort of Nordic country cause he, right. they give him like really bad dreadlocks, which is horrible.
3: Isn't he, <laughs> isn't that the thing? Is he, he's a Celt.
2: Yeah. That might be it. That might be it.
3: Not that that justifies the the dread. The dreads, the dreads yeah. are fucked up.
2: I just <laughs> but you know how
3: white people love to be like, just, oh, Celtic people had dreads.
2: And it's they like, just Ditch. look ugly. That's all. Like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you want to look ugly? Like,
0: sure, it's a choice that you. can Yeah, make. Oh. I'm with Alex. And the appropriation didn't bother me so much as the aesthetic. <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah.
3: Unless <laughs> uh, um, but- tomorrow they have John Constantine with dreads in an episode, and it's like,
0: what the oh. fuck. Mm-hmm. I don't so, know. If you, did just you that look. little
2: girl on Mother Motherland Salem that, that white girl that they insist on putting in cornrows half of her head? I'm like, well, she you want her to look ugly. That's yours. Like that's that's great, yeah. I guess.
1: Yeah, I think they do that for maybe like three episodes of Xena, and it's always the three episodes where I'm like, I think I'm just gonna go ahead and skip these ones because it's all all exoticism and you know. Terrible, <laughs> terrible hair decisions. <laughs> Just so <laughs> many much. bad
0: ones. Ugh. Did you guys ever see Roar? It was a short-lived Fox series starring Heath Ledger. No. Mm. Okay, wow. Why am I the only person who's seen Roar? I was What's like, why I haven't I heard of that? It lasted one season. This is back when Fox's live action only lasted a season. It was like a running joke. Oh, it's on Fox. It's not going to last. Great series. <laughs> it's about um the... um the you know old ireland pre-british colonization and it stars heath ledger and it's got lots of magic and intrigue and all that stuff it's really great uh carrie russell is on the first episode briefly as his love interest it's so good this is honestly heath ledger's best role after broke back mountain and like nobody's watched it (laughs) yeah i've
1: never even heard of that
0: it's Same. amazing. Roar, Roar on Fox, stream it, do what you gotta do. I won't <laughs> judge. Um, but find it. I know it's out there on the internet. Um, my ex-husband actually uh purchased <laughs> the season, purchased quotes <laughs> the season, and I re-watched it um in my late 20s, and it actually was better than the first time I'd watched it, but roar. Check it out. It was actually filmed on location in Ireland. Gorgeous show. Great writing, great acting.
3: Is it Roar or War?
0: Roar like a tight ty- like a lion. Roar. Because oh, okay. okay. <laughs> really
3: cool. I was definitely looking up war. That <laughs> <I> was <laughs> not getting me anything.
0: <laughs> uh, but yeah, Roar with Heath Ledger, check it out. The reason I bring this up is because this show also talks a lot about like magic and like supernatural stuff and it actually has really big religious overtones like the chief wizard bad guy in the show is actually the roman soldier who killed jesus when he was on the the cross um like he's cursed <laughs> he, he's he, he's cursed lot. now he he can't die he can't die um the, the, but the reason that roar is so interesting is because it's like this is a mythology and this is a theology that we're sticking to. We're not going to dabble in these very special race episodes where we talk about other cultures, magic. We're good. <laughs>
3: we're
0: good. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> and heath that's also to has to It's good to know your
3: lane. It's good to know your lane. It's
2: just yeah. good. Um, so season two. That's what we're talking about. No.
0: <laughs> about season two. <laughs> season. Um, two. I was a really great. It, it, I think it, it kind of struck the ground running off of what happened to Dyson and him losing his passion. Um, and this is the season where you know um, she finds out that Trick is her maternal grandfather. And like Essie said, um, or like Sarah, like Alex said, she took it very, very well. And I would not have, <laughs> sir. <laughs>
2: Excuse I mean, me. Like, you just... You just had me out here for, like, a whole year. I fought this trial that was, like, really scary, almost died. I had these severe abandonment issues. (laughs) Like, I wouldn't, like, break up with Mike, my weird kind of sort of an asshole boyfriend um, because... You know, he's the only one I've never killed after I fucked him. So, like, you could have, like, you could have come up with this information sooner to make <laughs> me feel a little more secure. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. I'm just putting that out there in the God world. Damn it.
3: God damn it, Trick. Why do I but love you so
2: much? You're terrible. <laughs> she's very chill. She's very, very chill about it. She's like, yeah. And so... And with her being chill about, this is—so this will be, like, the the sticking point of why Lost Girl is great in so many ways because it is so ambitious. And it does, like, you know, Emma and I talk about we love an ambitious show. We love people that swing for the fences in terms of, like, high concept. But this will—this sort of her being chill about it is an example of why this series will falter, I think, in a lot of ways— Is that there are a lot of emotional, like, there are a lot of emotionally resonant things that the series, like, won't necessarily grapple with. Mm. Things, you know, I, we always talk about, like, an emotional truth. What really makes something that really will make a series or break a series or break storylines is, is, like, can you get to the emotional truth of a situation um, between these characters, the situation. Uh, like we we talked about this a bit on Angel, like, you know, that Darla having this vampire baby thing is like, <laughs> it's a completely doodle plot. Like you talk about it out loud and it's dumb, but the reason why it works is because there's so much emotional resonance and emotional truth and and real feelings that are infused into that story. Um, and that's something that lost girl lacks, will, and will lack in a lot, in a lot of places.
3: I think the only place it, it, it does well with that in my mind is in her, you know, romantic relationships and then with her mom and dad, but like with her grandfather, they completely drop it. Like I, I'm with you. Like, I think. I'm sorry I would have thrown something across the room at this point like I've almost died how many times and you couldn't have told me you're my fucking grandfather like and that you're also like this mystical being who changes history whenever you fucking feel like it these seem like important details when I'm trying to figure out what's going on with my powers.
0: Like, come on. Right, right. And that he's a blood sage and her mother is a blood sage. Right? This this is also relevant. This is, all of this is relevant. I actually feel like the reaction she had to Trick is a reaction she should have had when she found out the season that Lauren has a girlfriend. Yes. Those, those reactions should have been swapped, I feel. Like, all, all this and all this, this, all, like, she's so calm about it. Like, and this is... Con- I feel so counter to who Bo is as a person. She's always wanted to know her family. She's always wanted to know w- about her bloodlines. And he has consciously withheld that information. And you're just like, oh, okay.
2: <laughs> right. It's like, you would it, you would think there'd be more, like... There'd just be more. Like, and I mean, I didn't... And, and there's... This also happens in season one when she finds out Aoife, um is her mom. It's like, she's very chill about the fact that her mom almost tried to kill Dyson. Like she's really just (laughs) chill about it. And I'm like, it's okay not to be chill, you know, like, like we'll understand. Um, Particularly, you know, I think, I think the thing is, is that this show, the, the big ethos, I think one of the big guiding thematic, uh ideas and principles of the show is just is family and where you come from and what that means and like your your heritage and, and what and how that informs you in the present right and how you can be lost without it um and if that's your ethos of this show then you have to like give those those plots real weight you know mm-hmm. and the show just i think it just it's not that it I, it doesn't try to. I think it just loses it. Um, it just it just loses it. Um, I think one of the problems is that they keep bringing up new things. And this is, like, a problem that a lot of shows have when we talk about this, where, like, they'll keep introducing new stuff or, like, new storylines or new plots that um, when the old shit that they were doing is just fine. They just needed to, like, you know,
3: tease you or work that
2: out. <laughs> Not old shit, but, like, the, the things that they had already sort of brought up were perfectly fine. And they just needed to to tease those out or, like, resolve them.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. Um, but, you know, Bo's very uh, calm reaction to trick aside, um, I feel like maybe part of the reason she took this, and this is clear projection on my part. There's nothing in the writing that leads me to believe that this is the case. But I like to believe the reason she took it so well is because she and Kenzie had become this sort of makeshift family for each other, not the kind that she had with her adoptive parents, but uh, built on a foundation of mutual respect and love and honesty and transparency.
3: Yeah, Um, I mean, I think I would say that one of the themes, I think the theme is about family, but I think it is, it's as much about knowing the power of where you come from as it is about creating a new family for yourself. Right. And you see that mostly in the later seasons, which obviously we'll get into next time. But I think that that to me, that's what complicates some of this, this aspect to me. I I, like I'm with you in that. Like, I think they, I think they backed off the conflict because they were trying to keep it a lighter show. That's like my guess as like a creator, but I, I think that's a mistake. I think it's a mistake. A lot of creators make to like, lean away from conflict when it's like actually that could be incredibly fruitful and productive and how amazing would these later seasons the decisions they made how how much more of a payoff could we get emotionally if you had invested here so i'm, I'm with you on that and then the other part of me is like you know she's also a kid who's been abandoned abandoned a bunch like maybe she's just like fine i get some family i'll take mm-hmm. it no questions <laughs> asked i will take it you're not trying to kill me you just lied to me for a very long time that i can deal with you know like i don't know but I think the fact that it is also about chosen family, and I think that's also an extremely queer theme, that, that to me sort of, I guess, softens how much that frustrates me. I'm, like, a little bit less frustrated with it than I would be because I, I also think over this season you really start to see that shift between Lauren and Dyson where it goes from being just 100% combative at all times to, like, we got to focus on our girl and we get some more Kenzie-centric episodes, which I love, and also, like, I think shows how the, the friends show up for her. So I think we do get more of that chosen family feel. But, I, yeah, I think it's still an extremely valid point.
0: I mean, um, and this is where Buffy is superior. I think we kind of dragged Buffy for where it was lacking in comparison to Lost Girl, but this is where Buffy is superior. Alex and I delved into this when we discussed Buffy and how they don't just brush things under the rug and they don't just not talk about things. Um, When Buffy's mother dies is one of the best examples of this. Um, Her death continues to play a role um in the series for its duration right we don't just not talk about things because they're uncomfortable and we think the audience can't handle it (laughs) right 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 um but yeah i I wish i wish we could have just gotten that like alex said throw something scream yell, do something Mm, do something um because the audience can't be angrier than the protagonist. That just that just doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, then yeah, it doesn't. <laughs> like it, it, like <laughs> we can't be we can't be angry for you, sis. Like show some emotion. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know she learns more about herself this season. She learns about him being her grandfather. She learns that she's inherited some of his powers as a blood sage. Okay. Um, Yeah, and her mother also had the same power, and she used this to create herself, um, you know, a legion of uh, submissive male slaves. Um, Like you do. Like, I mean, what are you going to do, right? What else are you going to do? (laughs) But she uses her power, Bo uses her power to unite the light and the dark um, uh, Fae in this battle against Garuda. Um, which is interesting because she's like, okay, I'm going to use my power. I'm going to manipulate the situation, but for the greater good. (laughs) And we love it. I actually really love it. I've actually, we've actually, you and I have both spoken about this on other shows like this, where people have their powers and they use them for the most mundane, trivial or self-serving things. But then when it comes time to actually use their power to help somebody, then they want to draw the moral line.
3: (laughs) Yeah, totally, totally. (laughs) (laughs)
0: But Beau's like, no, I am going to use this for the greater good. I'm not going to use it for myself. I'm not going to use it to try to like manipulate people into loving me and serving me, but I am going to use it for the greater good. And I like to see it. I really it. like to see it.
3: <laughs> well, I also love, because I do think this is where, that, that's one thing I do think is very good about Lost Girl and I guess we'll just keep comparing it to Buffy. In Buffy, it feels like all the advances you have around Slayers, when I look at it as a whole, is like, oh, well, they kind of made that up as they went. And that's not to say Lost Girl didn't do the same thing, but Lost Girl, the way her powers evolve and grow and the way that she understands them differently, and then we're like, oh, my God, and her dad is <gasps> next week or whenever this airs. <laughs> we'll talk about that. <laughs> um, but that, that experience to me is so it makes me love her powers so much. Like I really love her powers and I don't always feel that way about supernatural characters. So often there's, you know, there's, you know, moral limitations or this limitation or that limitation and, there's a reason there should be limitations, but this is a character who really doesn't have any, but except the one she chooses for herself. And so as she discovers the, the full extent of her powers, which we see foreshadowed here in the the finale of this season, we start to see, oh, my God, like this person is very dangerous, but also like really good. So maybe we're OK. I don't know. TBD. And then, you know, season five, we get to see both sides of that, which is pretty exciting.
0: I feel like if you compare most supernatural genre shows to the originals, they're going to be excellent. <laughs> um, <laughs> um all shade. <laughs> but um, do you guys have favorite favorite episodes from that second season?
1: I do. I like the one. I think it's maybe episode six or something where her and Lauren finally hook up. It's like right before she finds out <laughs> that like yeah, Lauren's yeah, had Lauren's. a long term girlfriend who's in a coma. This like
0: time. this whole time. Um, <laughs> I mean, is it I cheating like that. if the girlfriend's in a coma?
1: I mean, I don't know. I feel like Lauren stuck around for a while. I mean, what what more can you hope for in life? Is somebody who hangs out for like five years or whatever?
3: Just Every time like, something like this happens on a TV show, my partner and I have a conversation where I'm like, do not wait. Go bang it out. I don't want you to have any moral quandry- quandries." Just come back to me when I wake up.
0: <laughs> yeah. Right. And did, and like, I mean, like Lauren's a real one though. Didn't she, isn't she a, a prisoner of the light fade because of said girlfriend? Yes. Yeah, yes. yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, she's done what she could. I mean, <laughs> I don't know what to say. You know, it's like, <laughs> it can't be that bad um, to try to move on with your life somewhat.
0: Right. So I I think she deserves, I think she deserves a girl on the side. If she's, if she's a literal slave for, for on my behalf, then yeah, go ahead, girl, get yours.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And also, I mean, this is the episode too. I think like the Morrigan comes in more and I really enjoyed that character. I enjoy what What's the name of her sidekick? (laughs) Her assistant. I enjoy that character. I think that their dynamic is really funny. I like to watch, uh, what is it, basically just like a Devil Wears Prada situation <laughs> like playing out only with demons. I appreciated that a lot. Um, so I think that that episode to me kind of was at the beginning, but it also had a lot of the elements of the show that I really enjoy. Um, so yeah, I would say it was probably that one. And it had that cool painter, like the painting subplot where it's like, I'm painting this thing that happened you
0: know, all of that. Mm. Uh, What about you, Essie? Any favorite episodes?
3: Oh yeah. I got three. Uh, Mirror, Mirror where Kenzie meets the Baba Yaga. Um, I, I think about that episode sometimes because I think it's just genuinely terrifying and also hilarious. Like Kenzie's so funny in the face of like being eaten. I just, I just love it. She's indomitable. Um, I loved the original skin because I'll do I love body swap episodes. I love I love the actors all trying to act like each other. That to me is just like uh so funny. Cause they all drink the beer and then like mm-hmm. they they body swap because like an assassin's trying to kill one of them. That to me, oh, god, that's so funny. And then um, I love I love <laughs> I actually love the the dark face she starts banging here in the like toward the end of the season. I don't remember his name. Um no, he's I
2: don't. so he's such an agent of chaos. Like
3: Yes, oh. yes. He's like a <laughs> he's like a leprechaun, right? Like kind of. Is this powers or something? I can't That's remember. Like, but-
2: yeah, he does like something with luck. But like yeah, their yeah. little like adventures they go on are like funny. There's you know, there's them, two... like... Go ahead. Oh, I was just saying, like I think the one where they go try to steal the thing and because he, he's like an inventor. He's yeah. like he's like um, I don't know, like he's like whimsical Steve Jobs, I guess. Like or he thinks he is <laughs> And, like, his whole thing is like, oh, I invented this thing that's going to work, girl. And then they do it, and then it fails. (laughs) And then they're trapped.
3: And it's really. I will save us. Save us. ass. Yeah, you know, I like that <laughs> dynamic. I like that she's like, I don't fuck Dark Fae, except you are so fucking fine. I will sleep. <laughs> I like that he's like, oh, I got you a present. She goes, oh, what is it? It's like a woman getting out of a car, and she's like, oh, I like this one. You <laughs> know, <And I'm> like <laughs> I like their whole thing. Like they're not, you know, they're never gonna make it. They're not like the real deal or whatever. But I like their chaos. Like I think it's good for her. To, like expand her horizons i think <laughs> it complicates her notion of like good and, and dark or a light and dark fey right like he's like what you think like all the bad guys are on my team like i'm a nice person i'm just also an asshole
1: <laughs> i'm just like cracking up because i'm like because i mean you you have to let bad romantic choices slide sometimes with beau because she kind of tries to make a really solid and healthy choice with Lauren. <laughs> and Lauren is a wreck. So like, there's just no, there's no way out of it. I think that she'll <laughs> always be making <laughs> chaotic relationship choices because every person who comes at her has something else going
0: on. Always. What about y'all? Right. Yeah, Alex, what, what are some of yours?
2: Oh, um, I really like the sort of, there's like a Hannibal episode, like, slash Dorian Gray, Um, Mm -hmm. there's, like, an episode where there's, like, a guy... uh, It's the first time we actually get, like... It's the foreshadowing of, like, the... I think the the extent of Bo's powers. Um, And she... Because she super sucks. Um, (laughs) She... I'm 12. Um, She super sucks everyone's powers. Like, well, everyone's, like, she... At the end, but it's, like, Lauren gets kidnapped or something and she has to go save her. But the guy basically, like, collects people, like, that he finds interesting. And, like, his picture is, like, what's keeping him alive. Um, so, yeah, like, the Dorian Gray legend. But then, like, he also, like, eats people. It's really weird. It's so off the wall. But, like, I really like it.
0: <laughs> um, I think my favorite episode um besides the season opener is episode nine original skin i just really really love episodes where all the main cast are present Mm -hmm.
3: because
0: i like to see the the chemistry and the interaction between all the actors and this series has does that like so well um and the the whole premise of episode nine is also really really great, and um, I would probably say that episode twelve masks, because you know again, hashtag sad girl. I love this. I love this type of narrative. Um, when we get um, and we kind of learn more about Lauren in this episode, so I really appreciated that.
2: Masks is the one where, um, it's the they go to save
0: the girlfriend right yeah uh it's the one where yeah it's the one where lauren finds out that the the ash is the one who cursed her girlfriend in the first place Mm. so that they could they could make Uh, her find the cure right right (laughs) right Like the deception like terry cruz and white girl the deception Deception. like really yeah really just just like boldly trick this woman into slavery (laughs) Yup. (laughs) yeah <laughs> why not yeah oh
3: my, oh my god the light phase you know they're just such assholes
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't everybody even know ha- why there's a separation when everybody is low-key trash exactly yeah
2: because right? it's like i think the whole thing is is like light phase just are like re- they respect the fact that they're eating humans and dark phase just like don't care okay so it's about honesty it's about (laughs) honest awareness no it's about listen i hey well hey um i i think there's something to be said about about at least respecting the fact that uh you know you're at least you know respect the fact that you're gonna kill me like i i appreciate that but like <laughs> you understand my importance in the world. Like don't just, you know, don't play with your food, basically. I think that's the I think that's the, the the defining thing right. between is there, them.
0: Is there anything more annoying than a bad person who thinks they're a good person? <laughs> yeah. Oh literally nothing. Nothing. <laughs> right. Oh, <my> God. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um So,
2: yeah, season two. Um, So what do we think of season two? I'm going to say it's good. I think
3: because there's, like, almost twice, like, not twice as many, but, you know, like, another third as many episodes. It's, like... I, I would say it's a, a good minus because I think there's some more basic, but again, there's more episodes. So yeah, I'd still say good, but good minus.
1: <laughs> the basic is Dyson sad Dyson. <laughs> oh
3: my god, like yeah. A,
1: a few episodes and then it gets more likable, but
3: <laughs> I feel like the, the basic is like the male privilege of like Trick doesn't oh have to deal with the fact that he's a liar. Yeah. Dyson just gets to be so sad, you know? Like that
1: to me is like those. Are and the basic mean parts. mean and yeah sad which is always the worst worst to deal with in a person mean and sad I feel
2: like no one's ever really nailed like the indifference plot because I feel like that's a this is a plot that happens in a lot of like genre shows but I I don't know that anyone's nailed it yet of like right what of what that is to like not you're not in an emotional place where you where you're putting yourself out for this person but you're also still like a person you know what I mean it's just, like, indifference. They don't, no one's, no one, I don't think anyone's really quite gotten, like, what indifference is. Of, like, <laughs> I'm just not, of, of, like, no, I'm not going to help you do whatever because, like, I just don't
0: care. Like. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. And I didn't understand neuter Dyson because I feel like if your passion for Bo has been stripped away, like, passion isn't just sex, right? It's intensity of your emotions. Like, why are you right. so sad? Why ah, are you upset? Yes. Sir? Um, like, just, just chill and be like, I feel nothing. Anyway, you want to be friends? <laughs> like, like, that's what I expected when they said, oh, you're going to lose your passion for her. Like, if you still love her, but there's no passion left, then lo- what logically follows is that now you, your romance, um, is platonic. Yeah. so like why are you so sad all the time which could have been good
1: for them right like i mean that's kind of it they they do start to be kind of healthier about it going forward but yeah in in those first episodes it's like You know what? This is actually just a great chance for you to accept your friendship with each other. (laughs) Uh,
3: Yeah, and maybe then when Kiara comes back around or Kiara, Kiara, I don't know which one it is. You you could be nice to her and not treat her like she's second rate since she's literally the coolest like
2: person from the whole world. She's so nice and she's so pretty. And her accent is lovely. It's so lovely. She's lovely. She didn't deserve. She did not deserve it all. She,
0: mm-mm, mm-mm. Mm-hmm. So so for me, season two was a bit basic, but it wasn't Dyson. I know we're, we're all like, we all hate neuter Dyson, but it wasn't <laughs> Dyson. It wasn't Dyson that made it basic for me. It was actually Bo's reaction to Trick. Mm. I was like, there's so much story here, mm-hmm. but y'all chose to center neuter Dyson instead of delving into this drama. That's the drama I want to see.
3: Well, I also think this this lends itself to what you're saying, um, M. But tell me, tell me where I'm wrong. Uh, it, it seems to me like the Garuda ends up being this like you know they say the word Garuda like five thousand times in this this season. Garuda, Garuda, oh Garuda, 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 yeah, Garuda. You're like, I don't know what that is. I don't know it's... why you keep saying it. <laughs> and then it's like it doesn't mean anything right after the season it's just gone
2: it means just nothing. gone and then like yeah. even the lead up to this garuda like the battle it's weird. Lasts, <laughs> it's weird and it lasts all of like what two minutes yeah, I was okay. like, listen, at least when, like, the mayor was, like, transforming, I had graduation part one, and I had graduation <laughs> part two.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yes. I um, like, no.
2: I had a whole thing. <laughs> like, if you build this thing up, you got to deliver. Like, I yeah. feel like they didn't, I don't know, I don't know what happened. I don't know if it was, like, a budget issue or they're like we're doing this thing, and then and then like Showcase was like absolutely not. We don't have any money. Like,
3: yeah, but like they could have done the Garuda as like the you know the the like false summit. Like do it at episode twenty, episode twenty one, and then let the let the trick thing actually be dealt with as the finale, since it actually has impacts on the rest of the show. You know, <laughs> like what are you
2: doing? But instead, okay. we're like with this Garuda, and then like. And this is why for me it's like I think this season falls into basic because this is when you start to really see the problems with like um I think just like the pacing and the structure. Yeah. Um, and you know, we've been talking about how this shows the show is a granddaughter to Buffy, and I said like that was that was my first thought when I started watching the show, way back when I started watching it on sci-fi. And one of my things was like I mean, the influence is so clear, and I was like, "Well, then, girl, why didn't you like go back and study those episodes, and then look at how they paced those paced these bigger plot lines out, out um, like or like look to see how they paced them out so that it all like felt and made sense?" Because it's like I'm ta- I'm hearing about this Garuda for like seven episodes, and then I don't hear about it at all for like three, and then. <laughs> The season finale happens and they're like, we're fighting the Garuda. And I'm like, wait a second. (laughs) Let's go back. Like, it felt like they didn't quite know how to balance the episodic nature of the show with um, the sort of overarching plot line that needed to happen. um, within.
3: I I completely agree with that assessment. And I think that is true pretty much through the entire series.
2: Series, yeah. It's like, it'll be like the fall. And I'm just like, oh, like... Like, so that, so you just go back and study about, I guess my thing is, it's always like, go find out people who did it good and then just copy what they did. Like, don't try to reinvent the wheel. Um, <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, But, uh, but other than that, like it's, which bugged me there, it's great. Um, there's a lot of great things in this season. I love that Kenzie got like her own little love interest Mm-hmm. in one of the ashmore brothers they're very uh i don't even know which
0: one it is whether it's sean or aaron i have no um, idea we never know we i know there's one that grows a beard when he's not working that's the how you tell them apart when they're not working oh, oh wow <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> um
2: yeah and then uh we get more morgan and the morgan is great and that actress is so funny um and so sexy and so she is she is really really beautiful
0: i am like i think i'd be a dark fade just because the morrigan i'm sorry she's so sexy i mean dark fair winning hotness self-awareness they're really they're really leading the pack here in sex appeal um (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah no
2: that's it i'm good
0: um i thought season two was actually really really good um I, I say this a lot about supernatural so, shows, but season two is one of my favorite seasons. It was just an it was it was really really good, but just basic enough so that the basic in me could feel seen. Yeah, <laughs> what a great!
3: What a great category. <laughs> right? Yeah,
1: I think I highly relate to that actually, because I feel like there's times where I'm like. Cool, we're doing this. Cool, right?
0: <laughs> like, it's, like, okay, so like Alex's favorite show of all time is like The Good Wife, and is. I love that show, but it's a little too good. It that, <laughs> like if it weren't for the very special race episode and the fact that the that this woman um this woman's husband doesn't die, like I desperately want him to, um, it it like that gave it enough basic for me to love the series. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Like, it's too close to perfect, but because there's a couple of things, I can be into it.
0: Right, right. They threw some basic in there in, like, the 11th hour, and I'm like, wow, this is really good. It's (laughs) just, like, it's just short of perfection, which is perfect for me.
3: (laughs) Wow, I feel that in my soul. I I really feel that.
0: Oh, gosh. (laughs)
2: it, folks. This is everything that we think made the first two seasons of Lost Girl good, bad, basic, and spellbinding. Please let us know your thoughts on this series via our Twitter or Instagram. If you're a GBB patron on our top two tiers, be sure to check out our Lost Girl Spotify playlist. If you've enjoyed this episode of The Good, The Bad, The Basic, be sure to share it with your friends. Tune in next week when we'll be discussing the last three seasons of the adventures of everyone's favorite Canadian succubus. We'll be back with our special guests, Sarah and Essie of the Bitches on Comics podcast. If you'd like to catch up on the series before then, Lost Girl is currently streaming for a price on YouTube and Vudu.
0: Follow The Good, The Bad, The Basic on all major podcast platforms to listen to our regular weekly episodes on the go. Leave us a review on your preferred platform and share our weekly episodes on your social media. Please follow us at The Good Bad Basic on Twitter and at Good bad basic Pod on Instagram to get in on our daily content. Also, be sure to follow our SoundCloud page, The Good, The Bad, The Basic. If you love this sort of content and want more, become a show producer and patron on Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com forward slash Good Bad Basic. Your support allows us to keep bringing you our regular weekly episodes as well as exclusive bonus material. Be sure to follow Bitches on Comics online at Bitches on Comics on Twitter and Instagram, as well as their official website, BitchesOnComics.com. Until next time, bye everyone.